Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Nutrition Lifestyles. I'm Joanne. And I'm Kim. So today, we want to talk about the picture of health. Y'all have heard of that term before, right? Where you go and visit auntie, whatever, and they haven't seen you in years. And they're like, oh my goodness, he or she looks so good. You are the picture of health. What does that mean exactly? That's a good question. Does our outward appearance really equate to health? What's going on on the inside? That is a very good question. And I was humbled one time when I actually said that to one person. This was maybe, it was a while ago, maybe eight years ago. Mm -hmm. I was working with someone from a home health company. Mm -hmm. They had all these like home health devices. And they used to come to the hospital quite often to see if anyone that was being discharged home needed any type of medical equipment. And this lady Mm. that always came in, she presented herself very well, extremely well. And I said to her, you look good. And she said, looking at me, you would never tell that my cholesterol is 600. I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, ever since I was a little girl, because, you know, they have like some type of family history, Uh her cholesterol was always high. So she was like, yeah, a lot of people tell me that I look good and they think that, oh, I watch, quote unquote, watch what I eat, but mm-hmm. it's because I have this hereditary defect where my body produces extra cholesterol. Mm-hmm. So that, that honestly humbled me that, you know, we can't judge from outward appearances. We cannot. Absolutely not. And you know, what brought this idea to me is recently, as we've seen in the media, Jamie Foxx has unfortunately been hospitalized. We don't know why um, till now. We don't know why he's hospitalized, but the comment that everyone makes, and even myself, I think I've made that comment is, man, I didn't know that he had any pre-existing anything. Looking at him, he looks really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, for whatever age, I don't know how old he is. Is he in his 50s yet? Maybe. I'm not sure. I think, I think he's in his 50s, yeah. He may be in his 50s already. Um, he looks good on the outside. He looks fit on the outside. 55, and 55 years old. 55. See, he's, mm-hmm. he's young. Um, and he looks good for his age. I mean, he's five years till 60. Mm-hmm. He looks good for his age. So the comments that you hear and see everywhere in the media is he looks really good for his age. Um, what could it be that, you know, brought him to the hospital? Because the messaging is that. He had complications from something. Um, And usually when you hear complications, you're thinking, okay, either a procedure was done and complications arose from there. And I don't think it was a procedure myself because I think he was on the set of something that he was filming when Uh he was hospitalized. So I wouldn't think that he would have a procedure being done while that was going on. And then the other thought is a complication arose for from a pre-existing condition. So something that he had before. So the thought is, wow, what what could he have, you know, looking at him from the outside? Because we've been trained to believe that what someone looks like on the outside dictates what they are, what's going on on the inside. You know, the media, health companies, um, they 
often misrepresent appearance as the reality of health. And we, we've run with that for years. Like, oh my goodness, you look good on the outside. I've worked in the clinical setting for years. I'm not there now, but years in the past where I've had patients who fell under the category of what people would call obese, um, their BMIs were elevated um, or significantly high. They had no diabetes, no cholesterol, nothing else was wrong with them outside of the fact that their weight was significantly higher than what is um, deemed for them to be for their height. So this idea that we have in our society, I think is setting us up on both ends. I think it's setting us up for failure. Yeah, I, I definitely think so as well. Um, I'm actually like looking up some stuff on, on Jamie Fox uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, there's like a whole bunch of speculations regarding to, well, what did he go in for? And, you know, prior to us coming on air, you know, even the article says he's a very private person. So that's why you're like, you're not mm-hmm. hearing any details about it. Absolutely. But you're absolutely he right. Has that right. Right, he does. I feel mm-hmm. as if Jamie Fox was a actor that was living, living in a larger body mm-hmm. and did not look how he looked, you know, uh-huh. with the obvious muscle uh, groups protruding from his arms uh-huh. and his chest. If there was a little more um, fatty tissue there, then we would be like, oh, man, like, oh, look at his, you know, physique. That's probably, you know, what what he got. But, you know, I think something also that goes underrated, and we're not saying that Jamie has this, is stress. Stress can cause a lot of medical complications as well, no matter the size of of the person. And I feel like, you know, people of color, we take on so much, we tend to internalize a lot and we don't get that stress out. And it may show mm-hmm. up in different um, areas of our body. Um, so the right. reason I say that is because I was looking at an article that was released from Yahoo, like sometime today at the time that we're filming this. And it says here, mm-hmm. I wonder who's speaking. Um, it says here that doctors told him, told Fox, to quote unquote, keep his stress level down when he was discharged. Mm. And, you know, when we hear stress in the medical community, both of us working in, in clinical settings for an extended period of time, I always think like, okay, heart health, what's going on with your heart? What's, what, what's right. going on that, that may precipitate another medical episode from occurring? So I think- right. Stress. Stress has a lot to do with a lot. Right. And it may not always manifest itself outwardly, physically, or I'm not going to, I'm not going to say physically, but like visually for the other person who's looking. So I may be stressed. I'm feeling the stress. I may be having anxiety that has come on, but you may be looking at me and you're like, oh, Joanne looks good. Not realizing that I'm stressed the F out and it's Mm. affecting me where I may have migraines or I may have headaches. And you don't even realize that because you're judging me from the outward appearance, right? So I think, I think there's two, two sides to this. So there's the side where we as a society need to now unlearn this 
narrative of whatever somebody looks like on the outside dictates their health right. on the inside, physiologically. And I think the other end is, especially within the Black community, the idea that, for example, Black don't crack, mm-hmm. that Black don't crack mentality, I think, is also setting us up for failure because, because we believe that Black don't crack and we mm-hmm. look good for our age, you know, the Diana mm-hmm. Ross, Tina Turner's um, of the world who are in their upper 70s, but we're looking phenomenal. Yeah. We are like, I look good. Why do I need to go to the doctor for? Why do I need to get checked? Why do I need to stop eating the way that I've been eating? Why do I need to increase my fiber intake? I've been doing this for years and I look good for my age on the outside. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on on the inside. Exactly. And I definitely think when it comes to heart health, it's something that we need to be a little more cognizant to. I was just looking up some um, statistics and it was saying, and this is from the CDC, that mm-hmm. heart disease is the leading cause of death for both men and women since 19, the 1950s. Like this thing is not letting up. And uh, it said one person dies every 34 seconds. So, you know, in the filming of this episode, like a couple of people well have unfortunately passed on. And I know we know mm-hmm. that that stress definitely impacts the heart. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it if it causes those troponins to be elevated and, you know, all of those other enzymes that they do check in the heart. But, you know, paying attention to our heart health, I feel like it's, it's something that, that we don't talk about. We talk a lot about, you know, what's your sodium intake? And we, we take mm-hmm. it from such a dietary perspective. But for you guys listening out there, what we're trying to tell you is these things are silent. These things creep right. upon us. We need to not only pay attention to what we're eating, but how are we sleeping? How are we living our lives? How are mm-hmm. we negating stress? Even exercise. Exercise is a very good thing. But a lot of times when we overdo it on the exercise, that can cause right. stiffening of the artery walls, which puts a lot of unnecessary extra pressure on the heart. So yeah, exercise is a good thing, but how much of a board are, are we taking it? So, right. I mean, honestly, you know, I know that when Chadwick Bozeman passed on because of cancer, everyone was like, oh man, you know, we need to get our colons checked and et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Uh, these are conditions that do not impact us, but it impacts one of us. So now let's start paying attention. And mm-hmm. not because Jamie Foxx had this medical emergency, which I'm not for certain. I'm not going to say it may be what speculative regarding his heart. Like, oh, we need to pay attention now more to our heart when these are things we should have been paying attention to all along. Absolutely. I had a client, had a client tell me this week that her parents barely go to the doctor because of that lack of trust, fear of Mm-hmm. okay what is what is really um what, what are you going to do what labels right. are you going to stop on me and I know Joanne and I actually have a presentation about this um in September mm-hmm. I will give you more details as the time approaches but honestly ignorance is not bliss not at all not bliss but we have so many different factors that we're fighting against related to trust from the healthcare system trying to find out what's really going on inside our bodies, how to set up boundaries and negate our stress, how to maximize our heart health. So it's, it's a lot of factors we're, we're going up against. 
Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And I, you know, when you were talking about exercise, I was thinking somebody's going to say, well, athletes, they, you know, they're exercising all the time and nothing's happening to them. Understand that one, this is their job. So this is what they do all the time. They don't have other jobs that they're doing. That's one. Two, they're getting tested all the time. Like we're recommended to have annuals. Um, some people may have bad biannual exams. These people are mm-hmm. having like monthly, weekly things happening where mm-hmm. they are, you know, doctors are making sure that they are in tip top shape because that's, you know, they're the money man. And the people who are watching their pockets are want to make sure that their investments are healthy. So yeah, mm-hmm. they're exercising all the time, but they're being monitored all the time while we're not. Mm-hmm. And of course, we need to exercise. There's always an extreme to everything. So if you take it to the extreme, it may, yeah, mm-hmm. negatively impact you. Um, absolutely. So, you know, we need to, you know, make sure that we know what's going on with our bodies. And yes, within the Black community, there is a mistrust when it comes to doctors. And I'm not going to tell you that I trust the medical professional um, a whole wholeheartedly myself. I have my, my own misgivings that um, I have towards the medical community, but that doesn't mean that I don't go to the doctor, nor do I not take my family. I make sure that I find medical providers that are aligned with my beliefs. Yeah, and I love that. There was a there was someone that tried to argue with me and I was just in the mood that day. There was someone <laughs> that tried to argue with me on TikTok related to, and so let, let, me, let me set the stage and give the premise. I was speaking about the using using herbs. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with using herbs. Herbs have a, they have their space. But I was also letting the audience know, like, hey, when your doctor gives you this metformin medication to lower your blood sugar, there's a reason for that. Your blood mm-hmm. sugar was extremely elevated. That number needs to come down because a lot of people don't realize high blood sugars impact your heart health mm-hmm. <laughs> negatively. So someone was like, oh, are you talking about the medication that my doctor gave me that ended up ruining my liver or something along those lines? So, you know, they, they were um, trying to make it seem as if they would prefer to stick to the herbs, but not realizing, hey, these herbs can have an impact on your liver as well. Especially if you're taking a concoction that you don't know that you, that you got over the internet and they have all these different blends in them Mm -hmm. and you don't know how that is impacting your health. So I was, I said to this person, this is why it's important for us to ask questions before we start taking something. Mm-hmm. You need to ask questions. What are the alternatives? What are the side effects? What right. are the risks? Instead of just taking something blindly. Additionally, what I told that person is, you know, I shared my own experience before I found a doctor that I actually liked. I had to search through three, four different doctors to find someone that would actually listen to me, take the time, mm-hmm. sit down, hear what I'm saying. So it's 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 not about um a matter of, you know, yes, there is lack of trust in the healthcare system because healthcare is run as a business, mm-hmm. but you yourself need to do the job of finding providers because these providers mm-hmm. are also human. These providers are also valuable. 
these providers have things going on in their lives, which we do not know anything about. And that could impact their overall work ethic and their overall right. perspective. Um, I know um, the only person I shared this with is Joanne. But yesterday I had a little mini outpatient surgery. And you best bet I was grilling <laughs> anesthesia. You best bet I was asking <laughs> questions. And they were just looking at me like, what do you do? Right. I normally don't have people asking me any questions. I'm like, well, I want to know what's going on in my body. As soon as you Absolutely. give me the stuff to knock me out, what concoction are you putting in my IV line? And if there is right. a possibility, we can switch out certain things. And he was like, right. absolutely. So he was like, you know, I'm not used to people asking me questions. And I'm like, oh, well, that's people. This is me. This is my right. body. Just take it. I don't understand that. I, I, I don't understand it either. I mean, that's that's crazy. We just say, okay, give it to me. You know, I'm, a, I'm an herb person myself. And, and that's because, you know, we're from... Um, mm-hmm, the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So yes, mm-hmm. but people are always like, you know, did you do this herb? Did you do that that herb? Mm-hmm. But do y'all really know, or are y'all just listening to what you see online? Like Kim said, because there's so many contraindications to things. So many. It m- go mixes wrongly with a medication that you may have prescribed, or another supplement mm-hmm. that you may be taking, and you don't even know that. It may uh-huh. it may be contraindicative with a condition that you have that you don't even know about Correct. okay because y'all, we're not going to the doctor so what do we know we don't know really know what what's what so exactly. if we can't just be taking herbs and thinking that okay just because it's an herb it's cool i'm good i can right. take it i'm not gonna have any problems you know one that comes to mind is what we in haiti call asosi i think you guys call it cersei yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Cersei. Right? yeah. so that one is a really good potent herb that you see Haitians taken for a lot of different things mm-hmm. but what people don't realize is that it could be toxic like mm-hmm. you can't take it every day like yeah. my mom was telling me like you're not to, supposed to take it like two or three times in a month wow but if somebody doesn't know they'll be like well this is a really good um, herb that I I've always known my family to take and they'll be sipping on it every day and that's not um, that's not cool. yeah th- that is true because I remember too you know growing up with with the Cersei my parents used to give it to my brother and I like they're I don't know where they got their reasoning from but they were like oh once every six weeks that's it once every six weeks that's all you can take it and so you know it never like dawned on me and right. their reasoning for it is if you take it too often it's going to cause weakness and I was just like, okay, once every six weeks. So, you know, as an adult, I still take Cersei because it is something traditional, but it's just been embedded in me once every six weeks. You can only have one cup of it. It has to be drunk warm because right. it can cause weakness. But I never knew that. And then two, there was this particular herb I was taking as well that I found out impacts my fertility. And I was just like, yeah. I have been taking this herb. Look at, I don't know how I came across this journal article, Joanne. Which herb is it? I don't remember. It's, it's one of two. Because then I got my whole stash in the um That is crazy. Yes. But, you know, speaking to my doctor, my doctor is a person that comes from Africa. So he's like mm. well aware 
Mm-hmm. He was like, no, ma'am, <laughs> no, ma'am. So like I looked mm-hmm. it up and he was like, you know, traditionally he does have a belief in herbs, but like fertility wise, he was just like, mm-hmm, no, ma'am. No, you know, I'm very happy to have a provider that understands both ends of the spectrum. Right. I love that too. Mm-hmm. I love that as well. I mean, it's, it's crazy because, um, you know, people will say, you know, I'm not going to um, go to the doctor and I'm not going to get myself checked, but they're just easily listening to somebody on social media that says, take this, somebody who most likely don't have any kind of medical background as well. Right. That is going to tell them to take, and, and we say this all the time, like every person is different. Like what works for Kim may not work for me. Mm-hmm. What regimen supplements she may have and need may not work for me. So just because she's doing it, that doesn't mean I need to be doing it. Correct. Everybody is different. Everybody's body is different. Everybody's sure. body is different. Is you, know, um, you know, we, we, we need to learn to advocate for ourselves. So ask questions when you go, when you do go to the doctor, find, well, first of all, find doctors that align with your beliefs. So you are getting tested in the treatments that you need. Like, you know, even at me as a dietitian and Mm -hmm. Kim's a dietitian, of course, as well, we sound bored off each other because there's something different that comes about when you're trying to do something for yourself and your family. There's kind of like a barrier, like, you know what you're doing, you know what you're trying to get to, but for some reason, because it's your family, there's something that I'm always like, okay, am I missing something? There's something. Mm-hmm. So I need to talk to somebody else who's also an expert in the field that made me tell me, oh yeah, girl, you forgot this or you forgot that. So even with that, I'm saying this to say that you may think you know, but going to the doctor is going to help you with a lot that you don't know, especially if you're not a doctor, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot that you don't know. So going to the doctor is going to give you a different viewpoint, finding doctors that align with your beliefs. So my, my family and I, we go to functional medicine doctors or doctors who align in that um, realm uh, because they're more likely to uh, listen to the things that I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. So do that first. Find that person. And then when you get there, ask a lot of questions. If you're the kind of person that when you get there, you're going to forget, like I am, I make all the notes before, like, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. So that when I get there, I'm not forgetting anything. Um, And so when I leave, I'm like, oh man, I forgot to talk to the doctor and ask them about this, that, or the other. So Mm -hmm. do that. Okay. And remove this idea that whatever your appearance is on the outside or how you think you're feeling on the outside is going to equate to exactly what's going on physiologically right. without any because we have the tools and the access now we don't have to sit here like we're in the medieval times and wonder about what we're actually looking or what we're actually um what's actually going on in our bodies I should say true and I also wanted to add to that do not rely on your doctor to manage your health. Your health should be something that you personally manage. The reason I say that is because I had a client. She lives in the heart of New York. She's the picture perfect person of health. Mm -hmm. She is a personal trainer. 
She looks good. She's exercising on an almost everyday basis. Mm. And she ended up with prediabetes. And she said when she, when her doctor gave her the diagnosis, she was just like, you know, kind of dumbstruck a little bit. And the doctor said to her, you know, oh, you know, I've been watching your A1C. Didn't tell her that they've been watching her A1C. And it just steadily kept going upwards and upwards and upwards until it ended up in the pre-diabetes range. So mm-hmm. she stated that she had learned from that experience, get your numbers, keep track of them. I mean, mm-hmm. doctors, I, I think we we as a society are taught to put so much faith, so much trust in doctors because they are medical professionals, but also realize they're human. They are valuable mm-hmm. to mistakes. So keep track of, be the manager of your health. Don't let anyone else manage it for you. Right. And you're one of hundreds. If it's Perhaps. a big business. They have so and many. Remembering all of the stuff that's going on with you. They're not really, you have so to remind many. them. Yeah. Notes. You know, yeah. you got to be your own advocate. Exactly. Exactly. So I know that Joanne and I first started talking about, you know, the picture perfect person of health. And, you know, we mentioned Jamie Foxx and possible it's like a, a, a heart related issue. I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, just looking out for stroke, you know, like what are the signs and symptoms, especially we stated mm-hmm. that it can't, it impacts, it kills more men and women in the United States every single year. So I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about the signs of recognizing a stroke, mm-hmm. um, because I believe a lot of times those things go under notice mm-hmm. and it, it comes with an acronym, BFAST. So B is for balance, you know, is the person busy? Are they walking funny? Mm-hmm. Eyes, you know, are they having like sudden double vision? Are, is their vision blurry? Their face, is one side of their face like drooping and dropping? Or does one side of their face feels numb? You can tell them to smile to see if like the face is even and it's not. If the face mm-hmm. isn't even when, they're, when they smile, that could be a sign. Um, their arms, do their arms feel numb? Ask them to raise like both hands. And if one hand is higher than the other, then mm-hmm. hey, that could be a sign. Or if one arm is like drifting downward, that could definitely be a sign. I mm-hmm. want you to listen to their speech. Is their speech hard to understand? Are they sounding like they have, they are drunk? Are they sounding confused? That is another sign. And then T, which in the B fast is call 911. Do not hesitate. When in doubt, call 911 because the earlier these things are detected, the better it is. Absolutely. That's great. And I hope you guys remember that acronym. Say it one more time. Be fast. Be fast. Be fast. Okay. Remember that acronym because um, it may help you mm-hmm. in the future. Or someone you know. I mean, or someone you know. About, yeah. One, one person every 37 seconds dies like that is a very that could be any close circle of ours any close circle absolutely absolutely that is so true um you know what I wanted to add something you said earlier you when we were talking about the herbs um the asoci and you said Mm -hmm. your mom your parents told you like it causes weakness when Mm -hmm. you consume it too much um that weakness that they're defining mm-hmm. is probably scientifically 
something mm-hmm. is physiologically is going on. Because I feel like a lot of times in the Caribbean, they'll give you, you know, the description, but yeah. there's an actual medical diagnosis that could come about from it or an actual medical description that could come about. Because I remember like, you know, my dad would say something like if he has, now that I've been in the gut world for so long, there's so many things that clicks. Like he used to say something like, um, you know, if you eat something that is, doesn't bode well with you, that doesn't go well with you, like, which means like, I feel it in my back. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I it's, it's presenting in my back and I we're growing up and I'm thinking <laughs> what's going on digestively mm-hmm. hearing in your back, like what, what you talking about? But mm-hmm. now that I've been in the world, this world for a while now, I realized that what he was talking about was inflammation, a food mm. intolerance. Like wow. when he ate whatever he ate, the trigger or inflammation could be like he could have felt, you know, it in his back in the sense that um, the muscles back there or whatever, physiologically, he was feeling it in his back, upper back or mid back. And it was just the inflammation that was coming up but the way you know we say it yeah um you know it makes us think that it's something else going on but I mean I I I, things click now so much more than they used to and I think that we as a people as a country need to make sure that we understand when someone is telling us something like if somebody's telling you like the symptoms that they're feeling is this, that, or the other, don't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not denounce it, but like, don't, don't, uh, not give it its, uh, its due. Like, don't think that, what the hell? Like, what are you talking about? Mm. That makes no sense. That can't happen. So that's, so if a family member is telling you they're not feeling well, something is up and the way they describe it to you, you may not be in a medical world. Um, but just take that family member to the doctor. Take him to the doctor or probe, ask more questions. Like, so when you say this, does it feel like this or does it feel like that? Or where exactly is the pain? When does it occur? How often does it occur? How severe is it mm-hmm. when it does occur? Yeah. You know, ask these questions so that when you do present yourself to the doctor um, or whatever health professional that you're going to, you're not, um, you or your family member are not feeling like they're not understanding you because the way it's being said mm-hmm. is not like what's tradi- how it's traditionally described in the health world. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's true. That's true. Hmm. I'm just here thinking about, um, you know, when I when I went to Jamaica last year mm-hmm. and I went to visit some family how um, my husband's grandmother, you know, she kept complaining that she, you know, was just like burping, burping, burping. Mm-hmm. And it was like a sour burp. And I'm just thinking like the doctors in Jamaica, like they understood exactly what she was saying. She was like, oh, you know, I just can't eat anything spicy. And she ended up having H. pylori. So like when I went down there. That's what I was, was like, thinking. That was in my head. I was like, it was probably yeah. H. pylori. I was like, Grandma, did the doctor say H. pylori? And she's like, yes, that is it. And I'm like, OK, 
okay, so this is Dr. Bill. Like the doctor had on this whole entire like natural protocol. And I was like, oh, I'm impressed. So I'm like, okay, go ahead, Dr. Chang. Um, but like, you know, the way that it, she described it, because I mean, he li- lived in the community for like the last 30 years. She lived in the community for the last 30 years. It's everyone's doctor. And I was like, did he run certain tests to like, like, you know, when he was she was like, yeah, he did all of that. But the way that she described it to him, he was able to understand what she was saying culturally, take it and then transcribe it into, right. well, this medically what's going on. And I feel like for the Caribbean people that may be living in the United States, mm-hmm. that translation, if there's a disconnect of that translation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, going back to what you're saying, you know, asking a lot of questions so that when your loved one goes to the doctor, you're able to translate it into an understanding or a language, I should say, that they're more accustomed to hearing. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's it right there. Because even, even non-Caribbeans, even non-Caribbeans, like if your, your, your grandma or your great grandmother is an elderly person, their understanding in their um, language and how they, uh, you know, tell you about something that's medically going on may not be what's traditionally known or heard right now. Mm-hmm. So ask grandma or great grandma exactly what's going on so that you can be the translator mm-hmm. when they present to the medical professional and are able to explain it better. Right. Right. <laughs> that is true. Okay. Is so true. what all of this, all of this is to say picture per- picture perfect health. All this is to say that picture perfect health is not real. Mm-hmm. It's not real. And also just because you are, you think you are in picture perfect health and you look good and you think that your black don't crack, physiologically, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. And you need to get checked. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So we really highly encourage everyone that's listening to this episode to take your health into your own hands, especially seeing that, um, you know, we have that Jamie Foxx, we don't know what's going on. If it's heart health related or not, it really does behoove us to know the signs of what's a stroke. So remember the acronym, be fast. Remember Mm -hmm. to share this episode with a family, with a friend, and also give us five stars and make sure you tune in next week as we discuss everything related to health and lifestyle. So with that, everyone, have a great day and see you on the next podcast. Bye. Bye, everyone.